Chodesh Tov and Boker Tov. We are continuing Mismor Lamed Zayin and Teilim. If you recall, we, the last time we did this was on Thursday, so it's been some time. But the Mismor was a meditation on the sinfulness of the wicked and how ultimately they will not thrive and the righteousness of the good people and how ultimately they will thrive. And what is the basic rule that he proposes for for seeing all of this occur, the rule is that it doesn't happen immediately. Right? You can't, the wicked will seem like they're succeeding and the righteous will look like they're having it difficult, but the famous pasuk that he says is Dom be silent before God and wait for him. And do not join the one who seems like he is succeeding, like the person who's doing evil things, because Eventually, they will be destroyed. So the point is, if you wait long enough, the good wins out. That seems to be the way the world works, by the way. Emet, at the end, is the one that... And the emet never dies. There's actually an interesting philosophical... The best lie is the truth. And the best lie is the truth. There's an interesting philosophical idea. Is to, if you look at history, all, all ideas seem to die, except for true ideas. True ideas remain. Right, and what are the true ideas? I'm not even talking about Judaism. I'm talking about the, the, true, the true ideas that are good for a, th- for a thriving world. Monotheism. Honesty. Monotheism, all honesty. All, all, all of the, kindness, the morals that come from the monotheistic kindness, system. Love. The, the values that come from the Torah. So these are things that we've had them for 3,000 years. And then we'll but then you have like progressive ideas <laughs> of like... Pockets, pockets that they come and look at like the Enlightenment period with all of the the fads and the different ideas and communism and all these things that these are human inventions that are typically fascism, Nazism. You have you have uh, every every regime and every empire comes with its own set of ideas, and the ideas typically don't last. So what's interesting is that even in the realm of ideas. The truth seems to always win. Always. And, and what's interesting is that the evil people will always try to eradicate the truth. But because those who are on the side of the truth know it is true, ultimately they will always fight harder. At least in, at the end, the they'll always fight harder than the people who are trying to eradicate the truth. This is a very because deep concept. They believe in it. Yeah. You could really be, this, it. Is, this is the, con, the, the, the famous book 1984. Yes. Is... It shows, actually at the end of that book, the guy ends up giving in to the communist regime. And he, he, can't, he can't hold because they're torturing him. But, but it shows the extent to which you can have, you can get anything you want from the communist regime. Right? And you can be put in a position where just giving in to their lies will make you a very, very comfortable person. But knowing in the back of your head that what you're living is a lie will make you make tremendous sacrifices just in order to push the truth. And I think that applies to all of society and to all of history. And there's something about we who are, consider ourselves a purveyor of truth, there's something about the fact that we know we're doing that that gives us drive and motivation. And the other side, the people that are purveying lies, there's something deep down in them that, that knows that they're making things up and that they're lying and that they're just doing whatever they're doing for the sake of probably personal gain and power. 
which means that in the very long run, the, in the very long run, the truth always has an advantage because the people who purvey it have less of an internal moral conflict than the people who yeah. are purveying lies. You put your head on your pillow at night. You, you put your head on your pillow at night and you sleep well. Best lie is ultimately, ultimately <laughs> that, the fact that people change, who huh? purvey the truth sleep well yeah. is the biggest advantage we have. You don't have to remember what you said to this one or to that right. one. And, and that's, that's in a very uh, philosophical and abstract way, that's kind of what the Mizmor is saying because it's saying that the, the Rishayim don't ultimately succeed and the Tzaddikim, they will succeed, but you just have to wait. It takes time for these things to come to fruition, okay? And now we are on um, the Vav part of this Mizmor. As I said, it goes in an Aleph Bet order. Mm-hmm. So Pasuk Yud was Vav, was the letter Vav. Ve'od me'at ve'en rasha. There will be soon that there's no rasha. Ve'itmonanta al mekomo ve'enenu. And you will try to look at his place and he won't be there. Ve'anavim yirishu aretz. Ve'itanegu al rov shalom. And the humble will inherit the earth. And they will delight in abundant peace. You know, this kind of reminds me of, um, of like at the end of World War II. Where once the Nazis lost officially. Did anybody... Call himself openly a Nazi? No, they would be. They wouldn't dare, because the world had turned against this evil ideology, and had seen the darkness of evil. And for a little bit of time, it's all over by now. But for a little bit of time, the world had recognized the truth and and what the, the importance of goodness and fighting for something other than what the Nazis were fighting for. So it, it kind of sounds like the old Meadvin. All of a sudden, within a day of the, the war ending, everything changed. There are no more Rashaim. You look for them. Where are they? They all left. They all disappeared. And then the Anavim, like the poor Jews, Yirishu Aretz, and they conquered the land. They conquered Israel. Right after World War II, Israel was declared a state, right? And then, actually, it wasn't, they didn't have peace, so it doesn't fit with the Pasuk perfectly, <laughs> but, but uh, it's still an interesting thing. Okay. Pasuk Yudbet Zomem Rasha'at Vechorek Alav Shinnav. The wicked person plots against the righteous person Always. and he gnashes his teeth at him, meaning he grinds his teeth at him in anger <laughs> or anger or excitement of what he's about to do to him. But this guy, he's planning against the, against the tzaddik and God, he laughs at him because God sees that his day will come. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> we could, you could laugh at the at the, the liars and the purveyors of lies because ultimately their, their whole ideology and their system is built on air. It doesn't have a solid foundation. You know? A lot of times also, there are so many things that work against the people of evil, the people who purvey evil. Not just the fact that they don't sleep well at night, but also the fact that naturally if they're purveying evil, if they're trying to commit evil or bad things... They're very self-centered, these people. And they're ultimately, they're just looking out for themselves, which means that they don't do well in organizations. <coughs> Their organizations are full of backstabbing and this and that. It's not an organization built on Torah and Emet and Kiddushah. Okay, so that's another thing. Okay, so we could laugh at them sometimes. Not only Bori Olam could laugh at them, we could, we could laugh at them and say, okay, this, this will end, you know. Cherev patehur shayim kashtam The... Rishayim, they took out their swords and they prepared their arrows in order to shoot down the poor and the needy to slaughter those people who are of upright conduct. 
now if you're they're they're setting a trap essentially for the for the uh, poor people, based on what you know of Tehillim, how do you think it's going to end? How exactly is it going to end? The Rishayim are going to suffer through. What they did, they, what whatever they, they did, what whatever they, they want to do is going to happen yeah, to them. Whatever, whatever they, they try, try to do is going to turn on to them. Yes. That's a classic yeah. motif in Tehillim. Kharbam tavo blibam. Their sword will come into their own heart. Bekashetotam tishavarna. And their, their uh, bow is going to break. Now, Tedzain. Here's another interesting idea which we'll discuss. Tov me'at la tzadik mehamon rasha'im rabim. Better is a little, a little for the righteous than abundance for many wicked people. Ki zira'ot rasha'im tishavarna v'somech tzadikim adonai. For the arms of the wicked will be broken while the Lord, while Hashem, supports the righteous. So what does it mean that the tzaddik is okay with little while abundance is not enough for the, for the rishayim? Because rishayim usually they have, they have ego, they're very... Right, and this is another... We're, we're, we're trying to meditate on... To, we're trying to meditate... We're trying to meditate on what causes rishayim to fall, right? Because they always do fall. They can never. They can never last. I think you said you said it before. It's self-centered. So so we said one. We said there is there is the inability to sleep well at night, knowing that you're purveying evil. Because deep down, I think everybody has an neshama, right? And then second is the fact that their organizations are built with a bunch of self-serving, egotistical people, which means that there's going to be backstabbing and murder and intrigue. Third point, which we're noticing now. Is that they're all they lust after, after amounts that, the, and the lust never goes away. The lust for gain that never means. decreases. Now the tzaddikim, the tzaddikim are aware of the fact that that you should control your physical appetites. That's part of the Torah's thing. They're, they're more you humble. That, that, you're, that fulfilling your physical appetite is not the end. But for the Rishayim. See, the Shekher in Raglaim, there's only one Regel on everything. Right. And that is Raglaim, all of them. The Shekher has to be, they're all together, one very close to another, in order right. for them to, to stand close. But Emet, you could be Aleph in the middle, right. it's all, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, a nice, it's, a nice, it's a nice remiss. So now, here's the third, the third reason that the Rishayim fall is that they're always chasing after more gain. Now what happens is, look at what happens to, let's say, like these very large empires. What happened to the Roman Empire after about, what was it, after about, um, no, sorry, what happened to the Greek Empire after Alexander the Great? The empire grows and it grows and it grows and then there's a fight between three people, Ptolemy, Seleucid, and another guy. Between them, at the end. And then they break it up into three smaller empires and they become weaker because they're small now. Okay, so, so what, what tends to happen is that the, the optimal size for an empire, especially in those times, is not the entire world. You can't, you can't control the entire world. But the, the Rasha, that's all never, he wants. He's never satiated. He's never satiated, so he wants to control the entire world. And look at Hitler. His, his expansion was so rapid because of this, this unending lust. But then it became too big. He was trying to attack, he was trying to kill all the Russians on the east and all of the British on the west. And how do you do he that at the Africa, same time? He went into, he went into Africa. He went into... And then, and then the, the, the spreading yourself, the Rasha wants so much. And I think what happens is that as they achieve more, the emptiness, 
they, they, all they feel is emptiness. So they try to do more of the same and more of the same and more of the same. Ultimately, they overextend and they spread themselves so thin that that's their downfall also. So we're seeing all the elements and what causes rish'ut and evil to not have solid footing. Okay? It's but the, the tzaddik, he's okay with little than a lot for rishayim. Okay? Uh, God knows the days of the people who are blameless, who are clean. And their portion will last forever. This is probably hinto alam that even, let's say, if you don't see the the, here, you're gonna see the, tzaddik, the, the the goodness of the tzaddik, if you don't find his salvation here, you'll see it in Olamaba. In the time of bad, they will not be ashamed. And in the times of famine, they will have their fill. Amen. Amen. That's more of a, I think this is more of a tefillah than a... Than a cause, because it's, you know, there are Rashaim that have had suffered... Difficulties. There are Jews who suffered starvation and this and that, and tzaddikim who suffered all these things. So it's not a hard and fast rule, but it is a. I think it's more of a tefillah that let the let the tzaddikim have their fill while the rishayim perish. Ki rishayim yovedu, for the wicked will perish. Ve'oyeve Adonai kikar karim kalu ve'ashan kalu, and the enemies of God will be like a fat ram, and they will be. Vanished in smoke, they will vanish, meaning they will be consumed. It's also like when you go into the world of evil, everybody's out to get the next guy. So they're all looking to eat, you know. They, all, they all consume each other. Right? That's competition. So, and, and, and the ones who are at the top of the pedestal, those people are the, the fattest rams that everybody wants to get at. It's a doggy dog. In their world, it's a doggy dog world. Okay. Uh, that's another reason they don't they don't sustain it doesn't self self sustain. Okay. Um, <laughs> next part is more about money. So we'll pause here. We'll continue with Hashem tomorrow because we all have to I have to make it a tefillah. Where's Rabbi Moshe? Is he coming today? Uh, I think he's stuck with the tefillah. I saw him. I saw him. Amen. Amen. Rabbi Haz.